0: Hey everybody, it's Ryan and Victoria Cole. Welcome to Needed Conversations, but we're doing it live, right?
1: Yes, it's going to be an awesome time.
0: Yeah, so whether you're watching this via Facebook or you're listening to it later on Apple, welcome. We are so excited for the conversation that we are getting ready to have today because we have some very special guests and those guests played a very integral part in our love story And we can't wait to share that with you and also learn about their marriage. They have a blended family. So some of you who can relate to that experience, I know that you're going to get a lot of wisdom. And then if you're just married in general, they've been married for 14 and a half years. And so they've been through the trial by fire, I'm sure. And of course, they've experienced the beauty of marriage as well. And you're going to get all of that wisdom coming up in this conversation. But before we jump in... We want you to share this on Facebook, wherever you're watching it, share this right now uh, so that we can spread the word about our ministry. It's called Empowered Culture Ministries, where we're empowering individuals to discover their purpose, date well, and build marriages that become a tabernacle for the glory of God. And also, we're super excited because as of today, we are one month away from what
1: from our Forevermore getaway, which is a marriage getaway. Honestly, it's in the backyard of Greenville. Most people don't even know that this hotel exists and we've tried to be very particular about the hotel that we picked. And this is an amazing hotel. It's a boutique hotel with 150 acres. Um, It's really pretty scenery. Uh, The the hotel rooms are very luxe. And so we're gonna have a really good time Together with other couples, uh, having worship sessions, workshops, workbooks, and also dinner and some slow dancing with our spouse and really reconnecting uh, with our spouse and also maybe con- connecting with some other like-minded couples.
0: Yeah, it's going to be at Hotel Hartness, 150-acre property. It's going to be beautiful and romantic. This is what we wanted out of this event, for it to be a com- combination of transformational teaching and a romantic experience that is affordable. We negotiated the hotel rate down, half off the normal rate of this boutique hotel. And even if you're in the upstate of Greenville, we got people coming from Texas, New York, Georgia, Columbia, South Carolina, all over. But even if you're here, have a staycation with you and your spouse. The rooms are filling up. We had to extend the room block. We opened that up today. They've given us some suites as well. So go on our website, forevermoregetaway.com and sign up because it's gonna be an event that you're not gonna to wanna to miss. Everybody's gonna be talking about it, and there's only room for a hundred couples. We're almost half of that right now. But I know how it is in the weeks leading up to it with every event that we've ever hosted. People start signing up like, you know, race horses at the end because they finally gotten all their ducks in a row. So don't miss it, forevermoregetaway.com. Well, I don't want to wait anymore. I want to jump right into the conversation and welcome a couple that ha- means a lot to us. We haven't spoken to them in a while, so I'm excited to catch up with them. But the first time Victoria and I ever met, was at an event that they hosted by faith called Love God, Love People. We're going to talk about that a little bit and get some wisdom from Jason and Alicia Linton. Welcome, guys.
2: Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Thank y'all for having us.
0: You're so welcome. So first off, for those who don't know our story, um, I would say 11 or 12 years ago now, you had your first, you had several of them, but you had your first Love God, Love People event. Tell us about why you started that event. We're so grateful for it. But what was that event all about?
2: Um. Oh, man. It was just something that just, it, it stirred in my spirit to do something in the community. It just seemed like there was so much division. And one thing for me is I, I I've never liked the fact that people of God don't get together and have fun and laugh and joke. And that was kind of the uh, the purpose of it. And there was a song by Israel Holton called Love God, Love People. Mm-hmm. And I love that song and I love the message. And I just wanted to do something in the community that was going to relate to that and just bring different people together.
0: Well, Victoria was there singing with her brother and sister and she's Ukrainian and she's one of 12 and they had all of their family there and I was singing with another group and I just saw this family and was so fascinated and it was there her brother invited me over to their house we hung out Um, I asked her out for coffee she rejected me but praise God (laughs) a year later of pursuing her in a godly way Uh, She finally accepted a date with me, and six months after that first date, we were actually married. Um, And it was because I think when talking with a lot of single people, there's not a lot of places to find dates, you know? Mm. The world is obviously going to the club, but, like, what is the alternative? And churches need to be having events like you guys Uh, to provide that safe environment, but fun environment. You had comedy, music, food. Um, It was awesome. But I I don't know if we've ever told you, but we just thank you for your obedience. God put that on your heart and he used it among other things that he done with it to bring us together.
1: I always remember Jason because I've I've worked with you and Mm -hmm. I remember he's always like He was laid back, chill, but he was, I always felt like you were a connector of people, like you kind of like, oh, you should meet this person because you guys would actually, you know, get along pretty well, and like, I don't know, you just had a really good way of networking with people, and we're so grateful that you guys did this event out of your obedience because I'm sure other people could say the same thing. Maybe they didn't find their spouse, but maybe a a long-time friendship, and those kind of events are very important, I think, especially nowadays in this age where we're so disconnected, even so we're social media connected, and we kind of get people's updates via, oh, I saw their updated status, or I saw their video, and it feels like we're it's personal, but it's not really personal, and I think that's kind of the missing link between people finding that true connection, and then whenever they actually do meet in person, it's not awkward, you know, so... Mm-hmm. I think we do need those kind of events for sure.
0: So I've seen you over the years sort of take a transition online. You're really pouring into married couples a lot. The name of your Facebook group, I, tell me if I get it wrong, Relationship Jewelry. Jewels? jewelry.
2: Yeah, Relationship Jewelry with the Lintons. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. Awesome. So what, what brought about that transition and you pouring into couples? How did that come about?
2: You wanna to touch on it or you want me to touch on it?
3: Um well we both can touch on it. Okay. Um it's I think a lot of times um we're we'll both have conversations of different things and we'll both be like, Man, that was good. We should share that, you know, and it's just like we would Things would get busy. I forget. He forget. And it's just like, we was just like, okay, these things God has dropped into our spirit. Sometimes they're not even for us. Sometimes he'll say things and it's ministering to me and I know somebody else going through the same thing. And I'm just like, these are little nuggets. These are little jewels that need to be shared with other people because I mean, relationships can be hard. You know, let's just before you even get married, you know, there's just some people before you even get there to that that destination. There is it's hard trying to connect. It's hard trying to, you know, bring these two lives together and, you know, live and love each other in a beautiful manner without, you know, all the, you know, all the different things. And even if you don't come to a marriage or come to a relationship with a lot of baggage, it's still just different personalities, different upbringings that, you know, you're just, you can be thinking that your way is just right. And it's not, it's not about you being right and they're being wrong. It's just like you have a different of opinions and you have different perspectives. So it was just wanting to have a place to where, we think of these things God deposit these things to us and we can then share it with others because if you know it may not help everybody but if it was just one person who was barely holding on got that message and got that jewel was able to you know take it and and apply it to their relationship or their marriage then you know it was all for purpose
2: yeah and the two things that I would add is number one um there's a lot of bad relationship information being shared Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was just our (laughs) small effort to say hey there's a lot of foolishness that's being said a lot of stuff that's being said or shared to get your likes or get your comments and they don't really care about your soul they don't care about your family they just want to just entertain people so Mm -hmm. I just wanted to put something together with my wife to just say hey here's something that's going to stick it's something that's Mm going to it's probably going to hurt Cause I'd much rather you say, ouch, than uh, you know, just say amen. And it doesn't do anything for your life. Yeah. So, well, it yeah, a, it was just an opportunity <laughs> to just share something that's going to stick. And I like the fact that it, it's jewelry cause it's something that we have to, you know, it's not something you put on. It's something that you wear and you take with you in your relationship, in your interactions with other people and you value and, and you value it. Mm. And when there's a lot of people that are paying attention to marriages, Mm. Yeah. They want it, whether they want to admit it or not admit it or not there's a lot of people that are watching to see if marriages are going to make it yeah and you have yeah. to have the right ammunition to make it because there's a lot of people that are going through the tough times and they don't know where to turn to yeah so and they're
0: looking at they're looking at influencers one of yeah. the things that i find some of these people who get popular on social media they'll get a book deal Mm-hmm. And they'll write a book on marriage just because they know it'll sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it turns out, like, I will go into the store and look through, or I've read some, and I'm like, there's nothing of substance here, you know? Yeah. And we need mentors like you guys. Every, this is what we tell to couples right when you get married, every married couple needs a marriage mentor. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you have to be. Uh, up in each other's business all the time it's just somebody that is modeling a christ-like marriage in front of you because a lot of couples didn't get that growing up yep and a mentor you got to seek out a mentor might not just be dropped in your lap but you got to look and you got to say i need a new model because i certainly don't want to repeat the mistakes of my parents you know
2: yep and Um, then uh that that speaks volumes because that's what that was our walk and i'll speak for myself when i got married i had no clue no clue what i was signing up for Mm. i didn't see good marriages i had one healthy marriage that i saw growing up but it wasn't a godly marriage Mm. so when i said i do i had to find people that were where i wanted to go Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i surrounded myself with couples that were married five years 10 years at the time 20 years that way I can say, okay, you're a few steps ahead of me. Let me pay attention. I'm going to ask you questions, but I'm also going to watch and observe. And I'm going to take things that I, I feel will be helpful for my, my marriage. I'm going to ask questions, not saying that your marriage is perfect, but you have some tools that I can use. Mm-hmm. And that, that requires me to be humble because I have to be able to say, okay, I don't know everything. And mm-hmm. to avoid me and my wife bumping heads on a regular basis, I'd rather ask for help. I'd rather seek help. Mm-hmm and gain understanding. Yeah.
4: That's
0: so good. Well, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the beginnings of your relationship? Since people know where we started, where did the Jason and Alicia story begin?
2: You want my version or your version? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. Which one's going to be spicier?
2: Okay. All right. Okay, I'll start off and then I'll let her piggyback. Here we okay. go. <laughs> okay. Okay us coming together started way before we met. Mm -hmm. I was living in New York and I was at a place in my life where I was like, I was just fed up with the life I was living. And I remember one day lying, laying in my bed. And I was like, God, if, if I can get a wife, I named five things that I wanted my wife to be able to do. I wanted her to one, be able to sing two be able to cook. Three, I wanted her to be able to help me raise my children. One, I wanted her to have a little bit of attitude. (laughs) And number five, I wanted her to be fine. (laughs) Wow. So when I moved to South Carolina, trust me, I tried to go out. I tried to meet people and nothing seemed right. And then one day she just happened to grab my attention. And then she decided to stalk me. Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. the to- The story t- took a and turn.
2: I'm going to let her pick up. Pick it wow. up.
3: Wow. Okay. Phew,
2: well, Lord. she. I'm not going to say stalk me. She set something up perfectly.
0: Oh. Okay. Where did you first see her at, though?
2: We worked together.
0: Oh, you worked together. Yeah,
2: we worked together. When I moved down here, she was in, she was in the office that I worked at And I saw her a couple of times, and then magically. Out of nowhere, she has no clue of how it happened. Oh my god. Her gosh. badge. The way
3: you present this is so ba- horrible. Uh,
2: okay. Her badge <laughs> that she uses to get in and out of the building happened to fall right where my cubicle was.
3: It mm. was the Lord. I'm telling you, it had to be. It had to be God. Because I literally have been having troubles with the badge. You know the little how they have the little plastic thing that snaps the button. Mm -hmm. that goes through it so probably i guess maybe a week or so it had been just falling off and i just keep trying to snap it back together but i had just snapped it together it never came like right off like that but i had just snapped it together because i was like moving some boxes i think i got a promotion of something and i was moving some boxes because i was moving to a different um cubicle and taking some stuff to the car you know how you clean stuff out um when you're moving so his desk was the first um, set of cubicles coming in the back door and you have to keep, you know, keying it in and out. So maybe that me doing it so many times is what loosened it up. But what, whatever happened, it dropped right at his desk. (laughs) I didn't know it dropped. I had no clue. I even looked at him crazy when he came to me in my mind, I'm like, did you take my badge? Cause like how I just had it, but he came and he came to me and he was like, you dropped this. But like, rewinding he's tried to say little things to me like you know like smile it can't be that man not and i do have a natural face to where it doesn't look pleasant all the time when i'm not smiling well that
0: was the little bit of attitude that he prayed for so exactly
3: exactly (laughs) so you know it's just like if i'm not smiling my face isn't always i guess is pleasant to other people they think i'm mad but i'm actually fine but um so by this time when he came, he was like, you dropped this. And I'm just like looking at him, he's looking at me and I'm just like, what are you doing my badge? <laughs> you know, it's like, I, got, I went straight into some type of accusatory, like tone, like, mm, like he said something up, even though it was my badge, but it just still <laughs> felt crazy that I had just snapped it on before I came back to my desk and then now was gone again. So that's kind of stirred what an email came like
2: yeah we, then we i started sending her emails it happened to be my birthday that year <laughs> around that time we were throwing the, so this was kind of like my birthday present from god
0: mm. so who made the first move after that how did it turn into okay let's go on a date
2: okay i'm gonna let y'all decide who makes the first move okay <laughs> okay i was asking her about <laughs> if she had any friends that were single
0: Oh, you you took that route, huh?
2: <laughs> I was serious, asking for a and friend. Then, she, then, after a little bit of conversing, <laughs> she said, "I want him for me," and she said, "I'm available." And no, that is not how that works. Okay, somewhat. I, I kind of.
3: I he asked me if I had any, um, like if I did have any single friends. The single friends at the time that were the closest to me that I would, you know, set him up with. I was just like. Mm, nah so it wasn't more like i was trying to keep them to myself it was just like i enjoyed our conversations but it was still me thinking of trying to figure out who could you know who would you know one because he was older than my age group so you know trying to think of you know people that may be a little older than me or different people that would be in there but my closest friends at the time were either going through divorces or just getting out of relationships, relationship. So I was just like, I'm not about to put that baggage on him. Because I didn't know him. So I just didn't want to, you know. Mm-hmm. I, knew they need, I knew he was a good guy. And I knew my friends needed some good guys. But I knew they needed some healing that needed to take place as well. Had, so had do, were
0: thing. you even considering him in your mind, Alicia? No. No. You no, were just like, kind of, this is a nice guy.
3: Yeah, it was more in front because we just emailed each other at work and talked about, you know, just talked about different things. He was new to the area. And I guess the reception that um, he had already received from the other people in the building just because it wasn't what, I guess, the type of just friendships he wanted. So we talked a lot. And then the friendship just kind of developed into like, like, you know, he is a good guy. You know, It's (laughs) (laughs) it's like I knew that. But then it was like, hmm. So... So, yeah, so it's just like so it's that kind point, of
2: like a 50 50 of who made the first move. You know, I started it, she finished it, and then we ran with it. I don't know
3: if I had a portion in it, I just agreed with the process. Oh, okay, but-, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but we, um, I think we got to the point to where after a few days of having conversations about us, um once those conversations turned to where it was like actually about relationship and about us, it was kind of starting to um, not start. It it was really feeling like it was divine versus just like, this is a nice, you know, conversation with a guy and I'm a girl and blah, blah, blah. It was right. just things that started to feel divine because when he was praying to God in New York, I was in a relationship and praying and was saying, God, these are all the things that I would want for my husband to be. And these are all the things that, you know, I want in a husband. And then after that prayer, I spoke out of my mouth, you know, I was just sitting on my balcony. Um, It was in July. It was super hot. I can remember it to the T and was just listing all these things that I wanted in a husband. And all of a sudden, after I said it all, I was like, the guy that I was with, I, my girl's um, father, I was like, but that's not him. I was like, he's not my husband. <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh my God. And it's like this revelation like hit me. And in that moment, it was, it's crazy. I know people look at me crazy when I say it, but it was just like this wind just came through. The trees just started moving. It was just very, very windy. And it was like in the middle of, it was like a July, like midday july so it was like no it was just super hot but it got so cool and breezy and windy and it was almost like i felt like not to get so spiritual it was almost like heaven was like finally you got it (laughs) like get out of this situation but it was it was just so crazy because like at that point my will started turning like i gotta get out of this like you know just being transparent. We had bought a house, we had cars, we had the kids, but no marriage, no ring, no Mm. nothing living our lives. You know, I'm going to church every Sunday, you know, singing and, and everything not married in this relationship with a person who is not going to church, but on paper, it looked like we had this perfect life. But when I got home and when I think about how I'm living, nothing, none of this aligns to God. And so it was just like that moment when all of that was happening, I can just still remember it. It was just like, almost like, okay, she got it. Let's move. And at mm-hmm. that point my, my wolves was turning to get out of that situation. And then here he comes.
0: I think it's the power of vision for yeah. sure. You you can't leave where you're at unless you don't get a picture of where he, God wants you to go.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And unfortunately for a lot of people who are single, Uh, They start making their wish lists But most of the time it's superficial Mm -hmm. It's not related to purpose Or it's not related Mm -hmm. to anything Now granted Jason did say he wanted Someone fine and I think it's okay (laughs) It's okay okay for us To say we want to be attracted to the person Absolutely but I think there's women who say, I'm not going to date a man unless he's over 6'2", and he's making six figures, right? Yeah, and they're letting all of these men pass them by that have emotional intelligence or who have, are good fathers and good leaders in their community. Um, what would you say to single people out there before we dive into the marriage advice, the single people or maybe even engaged people who haven't asked some of these questions? What, what advice would you give them?
3: Well, I'll kind of piggyback on what you're saying about, you know, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. I think what I'm, um, I was actually gonna make a post of this, and I was like, it will get too long. I probably should have made a video. But what I was thinking is how I saw a video, and all they kept talking about was the dating pool's trash. The dating pool's trash. You know, it's, it's like this thing that just keeps going around. And what I thought about based off what you just said it was like, well, have you checked the friend zone? Because how many people. You know, if, you, if the dating pool is trash, how many people have you put over here because they didn't measure up to what your standards were? And I'm not saying don't have standards, but if they're just out of the normal and you're being superficial and you're not even being true to yourself when you say this, how many of those guys, you know, for the ladies, how many of those guys that weren't as tall? or didn't make as much money or didn't look or, you know, didn't have such and such colored eyes or tall dark, <laughs> or all these things. How many of them have approached you and you've put them in a friend zone because they didn't check off all the boxes that you wanted. And it's just like, if the dating pool is trash, check your friend zone, check to see who is actually over there. That is a great person. You know, that, you know, for the guys, same thing. The girls that you know, you may think that, oh, you know, she doesn't have all the things that I want and all the things, but the things that you like and I just don't feel it. Feelings lie sometimes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. And it's just like some of the things you may be feeling, like where are those feelings deriving from? Is it godly? If you want a godly relationship, but you're having, you know, worldly feelings towards what you want in a relationship, then that's those things don't match up. And yeah, so yeah. what I would say One is the things that you desire. Do they align to God? Do they align to God's word? The things that you're desiring from a relationship. And if they're not in alignment with God, if you can't sit there and have that conversation with God about the things that you want, then maybe you need to align yourself more to him before you actually go looking for somebody else.
1: Mm. I love what you said about friendships I think one of the greatest things that I I, I'm grateful for is that our relationship did start with a friendship because Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes as couples even as we marry I think that friendship has to carry and I think people start superficially and that attractiveness and that emotional high Mm -hmm. that kind of weans off and then you're like did I marry a wrong person Mm. right instead of you know, getting to know the person on a friendship level, like what they like, what they don't like. You know, what are their morals? What are their values? What are their standards? Start from that place so that your friendship can carry throughout your marriage. Because, like you said, emotions can come and go, but it's a it's a choice that you make. And I feel like that that's a good foundation to start on because you're going to be, I don't know, more... Um, more aware of what you're saying yes to, you know, not everything you're, you're not going to know everything about a person, but I think if you walk with them through different seasons of life and understand how they process certain things, I think your marriage is going to be so much easier because you have a friend to do it with versus this emotional high. And it's like, once that's gone, did I make a mistake? Uh,
0: Having depth in the relationship for sure. Yeah. Right. So moving in moving into your relationship knowing that both of you had kids um was that you, <laughs> w- were you considering that like okay this guy you, Jason you had kids as well yes so were either of you like I don't know if I can deal with a blend, blended family situation or you were open to it
3: I honestly never thought about it until we got into it. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, until we were in it, it never, that was one of the things that attracted me to him because he was a single father. Like he wasn't just like a guy that had kids and seen them on the weekend. He literally moved and picked up his life. His whole purpose for coming to South Carolina is because when he had to take custody of them, he knew he didn't want to raise them in New York. Mm. So he uprooted his life in New York when he had to take custody and he wanted to have them one closer to family, but also in just a stable environment to where they could grow up and not in the, you know, the chaos of the city. So that was actually attractive to me. I was like, you're like raising them by yourself. Like there was no, you know, they had the grandmothers or the moms on the, you know, it was none of that. Like his closest relative when he moved to South Carolina was two and a half hours away. That was closest friend, family, anybody. Like when they moved here, it was just the three of them. Like they didn't have anybody. Except for a three hour, like I said, two and a half, three hour ride away. So that was more attractive to me to see a guy that you know is actually living out th- that whole single father lifestyle and he just wanted to put them first and everything and that was another way that we the friendship started with us because he was just like you know i wanted to get my daughters involved with some things I want, you know tell me about a good church you know and i told him about you know redemption at the time and you know all these things for me you know as I, like i said coming from a relationship where you know the person I'm with at the time didn't go to church, you know, wasn't spiritual at all. And then here is this guy that's raising his daughters and wanting the best for them. It's like he mm. didn't care about himself. He just wanted to make sure they were good. So that was attractive for me. Wow. So Yeah. So thinking about the blend, the blend, it, it never like until we were in the thick of things, it never even like, okay, well, you know, this is different. <laughs> it was just like, we just took our kids and we just... Threw everybody in the pot together.
0: (laughs) So how many kids did you have between all of you coming together?
2: When we came together, we had five. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest. As As a man, I did take into consideration I'm going to have five daughters. That's right. I did take into consideration that (laughs) these were three daughters who, due to circumstances, they didn't have a male figure in their life. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I took that as a, as a, a guy saw me raising my two daughters. So God's going to trust me with raising these. Mm. And I saw it as an opportunity to just be the man that they need to see.
1: That's so good. And it's,
2: mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so easy to say, oh, they got kids or I'm not, but those are souls.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, Those
2: yeah. are, those are God's creations. And if it's an opportunity for me to be a a, a, an example to them why not accept the challenge
4: that's again that was my
2: approach yeah and then (laughs) and and i'll be honest we did have a conversation when i was living in the apartment we did stand in that living room and i said babe we're we're signing into a a a, a full package here And it was, it was just, I wanted to make sure we were in, a, in agreement that, hey, we were going to be in this thing together. Because as you mentioned, um, blended families can be challenging because you have a lot of loose ends and jagged edges and different things that play a part that you have to kind of bring together. Mm. Yeah. yeah.
3: And see, for me, I, like I said, I think that conversation is when I thought about it. I was like... 'Cause even like I said, there is an age gap between us. We're um ten ten well, nine years. years and a and half. Nine <laughs> and years nine years and a lot of change towards ten. Um apart. So his daughters were only, I think, there's a twelve year difference between us. So having a um Coming into it, it didn't dawn on me like that until he said it that day in that living room. He was like, We're signing up for something. Like, are you sure this is what you want to, you know, this is what you want to sign up for? And I hadn't thought about it because, like I said, we just came into it. Like, you know, he had his girls were older than mine. You know, like I said, Paris was 18 months at the time, and then Desiree was 13. So we had that big age gap from the youngest to the um, oldest but then we had these three in between and it was just like, everything was just kind of, you know, everybody got along well. So it wasn't like we came in and nobody got along or they didn't like him or, you know, his girls didn't like me. We just came together and we really blended well. Um, yeah. Of course there was challenges, but it was just like, I think all of us was just maybe yearning for family and mm-hmm. stability to the point to where the challenges didn't, you know, it wasn't something that created just so many red flags or created so mm. much division between us that, you know, we, we all knew we were trying to raise them up to be holy. You know, our, our girls, that's all they've ever known was redemption. So being kind and being loving and being accepted, you know, that those things had already just been driven into them. So it's just like, they didn't come in with the, you're not my bad kind of, you know, they just, that just, <laughs> that just wasn't a, you know, an issue with them. So it, um, but the thing about it too, the way I look at it, all families are blended. Mm. We just came with extra packages. You know, we came with yeah. extra, 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 um, extra side items. <laughs> is what, what You know, pretty much because when you take any couple, you're bringing two different worlds together and you're blending your the way you were brought up. You you are bl- you know, you're bringing your baggage. You're bringing, you know, how your mom does things and how your dad does things, and then they get around your dad, this person's dad and mom, and they be be completely different worlds, like cultures, like you guys. And mm-hmm. it's like you still have to blend that before you even bring kids in, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like having to have those those two different um, aspects of it is a blend. Already, I love that. So, it's like I love
0: to be able to say we're all blended families, we're
3: all blended families, us too.
0: Absolutely, I I got introduced to a family of 12 siblings, Mm -hmm. and now we have 16 or 17 nieces and nephews. Yeah, wow. Mm -hmm. But, um, I remember our first Christmas, certain things we didn't even talk about. We didn't even consider it. I grew up, my mom and dad were like Christmas fanatics. Like at one point, my mom had like 18 Christmas trees of all sizes, just randomly like ridiculous. So I was like into Christmas. I didn't know this, but her mom and dad were, they were anti all that stuff. She didn't have a Christmas tree. They didn't decorate for Christmas. So we were married October. Come November, I was like, "Okay, when are we putting up our Christmas tree?" And she was like, "What Christmas tree?" And I'm like, "You mean we're not gonna have no Christmas tree my entire life, like for the rest of us?" I was like the life.
1: Scrooge. I was like the Scrooge.
0: No but, Christmas. But I talked to her about why the traditions were important to her, to us, and she talked about why her parents didn't and we met in the middle and i remember she agreed to it was like a little 3 foot you know christmas tree and i have a picture of her putting on the ornaments and it's in the twinkling lights and i saw the look in her eyes like childlike wonder and i'm like you know what this is us now this isn't just about my family or her family we're, we're doing what we do. It, we're not a Christmas fanatics like my parents, but we've incorporated some of the more meaningful traditions mm-hmm. that we're passing on to our kids. And like you said, we're taking the best of her side and the best of mine yeah. and we're building a new culture. A culture is created when two people get together with common values. Yes. Yep. And that's what's most important in the dating process. You can work out all of the little details, As long as you share the same values. Right. And I think that's what you were looking at with your girls, too. You're Mm -hmm. like, we're compatible because my girls, they share the values that this man is presenting to them. Mm -hmm. And I can trust that as they look to him as a male figure in their life, that they're going to continue to grow in these values that I've been trying to give to them all these years, you know?
1: Yes. You want to jump in? Yeah, and I think sometimes... You know, being raised in, in a specific environment, you do things because you were told certain things. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. that that's part of your values. I think having a second person question it, you know, and you not being defensive about it, yeah. it makes you think about, hmm, I wonder why I believe this. Like, I, we always bring this example of the story of this woman that would cook, make, bake ham, and she would she started chopping the sides off and her husband's like, why are you doing that? That is weird. Because she would just buy the ham, she would just chop both the sides off. She's like, that's how my mom did it. So when her mom came, um, you know, and she's like, mom, why did you always cut ham on both sides? She's like, oh honey, I did that because our oven was very small so it wouldn't fit the whole ham. So the girl thought, you know, this was something we were supposed to do. So that's kind of like how I see it. You know, sometimes we come to our relationship and certain things we believe comes kind of from that, like our lack of knowledge and understanding about something. And as long as two individuals are willing to yield to one another and like, hmm, I've never seen it that way. Like that's a good, interesting perspective. Just like what you said about blended families. Like I've never thought about that. Like, even though we are like, it's, <laughs> it's culture, but it's also the subculture of each individual being raised under a different roof Yes. Everybody has their own culture. Like, if we just break it down, everybody, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Slavic, or whatever, you're all going to have different things that are going to stand out, you know? And so you know what's
0: I, interesting when we've counseled couples is that people have found their comfort zone in dysfunctional environments. Yes. And so it's like, if they're, they think that their relationship isn't good if they're not arguing with their spouse. Mm -hmm. I know for some people listening to this, Mm -hmm. uh, they think that's, that's crazy, but it's like, that's what, that's what a normal household looked to them, two parents who screamed at one another. And so subconsciously they bring that into the relationship. Mm -hmm. But as you begin to, that's the one flesh process where you're blending your lives together. You got to abandon those paradigms that don't serve you in this season that God has brought you to. Um, what are some of the challenges you all face? Because I know it wasn't all roses. <laughs> what are some of those challenges and how did you overcome them?
3: Um, I would say, because we, we do have a cultural difference as well because Jason is um half Puerto Rican. so oh, really? It was, yeah, so it was like he, when I saw him, I saw a black man. You know, and then he would say things and he would do things <laughs> that was you know, not used to what I was, you know, how, how I'm used to being raised or the, my brothers or my uncles. And, and it wasn't like anything was wrong. It was just different. And then when I, when he told me, um, I think he either showed me a picture of his mom and I was just like, okay, she's not black. You know, it's just like, yeah, I was like <laughs> <and> then, <laughs> that's when I realized it and it clicked and it all made sense to me. So it was, um, those things having to understand him more I think that's that's what when we would have our issues when we have you know when we butt heads we wouldn't agree I had to stop looking at it how I wanted him to respond and how I wanted him to you know do it my way you know so when everything that we you know when we would have our challenges when we would have those issues that came up I had to remember that my way is not always the right way you know, and that I could just be seeing it from my perspective and me being so independent and raised by my mom who's super independent and a dad who pretty much made me think I could do anything. I developed my own culture to where not that I felt like I knew everything, but you are to prove to me I'm wrong. You know, mm. that's very hard in a relationship where you're always having to prove to somebody that, their way their thought processes are not necessarily you know it's not that it's wrong it's just this isn't, isn't the way that's going to work for our family so um yeah i had to die <laughs> to a lot of um the things that i held on to as my strengths that that those have been my strengths and everything that i've done my entire life you know to be independent and be strong and and think this way. But when we, you know, when it got tough and I'm having to have somebody give me perspectives that I know they're not right. I mean, I know they're they're not wrong, but they don't align to what I thought would be right. But I'm also looking at it because I'm also a thinker to where, you know, that kind of does make sense. I had to kill pride (laughs) Mm because pride would make you say, well, that's just the way it is. And that's just the way I think. And then though a lot of that is what leads to divorces as a lot of that is what creates that separation. Because if you can't be around somebody and be open and be honest and be free to make mistakes or anything, then, then you're really not getting all of that individual. So yeah. for me, that's where, um, you know, that's, that's how we kind of got, that's how I kind of got through a lot of the issues that would, you know, come up you're you're
0: speaking you're speaking to and I want to hear Jason's perspective too a few important things a lot of times we put our spouse in the corner and hold them hostage to the idea of what we want them to be as a spouse instead of letting them in communication express what it is they actually believe and feel and uh we got to set our spouses free from that expectation that they have to be this imaginary figure in our mind that we've made up to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then secondly, what we've experienced with a lot of couples is trying to manage these gender dynamics. I think we're living in unprecedented times, um, you know, with maleness and femaleness and okay, the roles are not as easily definable as they once were in history. um, And you came into the relationship very independent you were raising your girls. Yes, you had that other man in your life, but there was no ring on your finger and you were independent. Mm-hmm. Jason is a man's man. I, mm-hmm. I gathered that from him. <laughs> uh, did Was there conflicts there, Jason, um, with d- determining your role as husband and wife in the relationship?
2: Of course. I mean, as she said, she was independent, she was strong-willed, and she was, she was a go-getter. Mm-hmm. So stepping into this... Uh, relationship I had to understand okay rather than try to go back and forth with her I wanted to understand why Mm. why was she a go-getter was there pain there was there disappointment there were there people there that failed her to where this is a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. Mm. so I had to be patient to understand okay I got to figure out a way to let her walls down get her walls down and that takes time because when somebody's been damaged or hurt you don't know all the details to everything. So I had to go to God. And I have this saying that when she gets, when, you know, when she does things that I go to God, I tell God on her.
0: <laughs> you tell God on her. I, I like that. I, okay. I'm going to use that from now on. I, Victoria, I'm going to tell God on you. <laughs> that sounds <like> a t-shirt. <laughs>
2: but the beautiful thing about that was there was times when God would use that to tell me about me.
0: mm. Say that. that
2: I got to get stronger areas that I got to work on because she's my helpmate and got to use her to poke me in areas to get my undivided attention. Mm-hmm. And I adopted the same. When she gets on my nerves, I'm going to check my nerves because mm-hmm. maybe my nerves are what's holding me back from going forward. Wow. And a lot of times she's been a useful tool. Not the way I would like it, but she's been way she's helped me find weaknesses in myself, areas of insecurity and immaturity that I have to develop.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So through those times, I've grown faster than I probably would have grown without her.
1: Yeah, that's so good.
2: And that's what's helped me out. So I take time to understand where she's at. And I trust God is going to touch her, touch her heart and touch her soul and touch her mind when God chooses. It's not my job to convict her. My job It's not my job to correct her. I can give her advice or suggestions or let her know how I feel, but I have to trust the process that God has with her of she's going to heal in areas and grow in areas when he feels it's time for her to grow in those areas. And mm-hmm.
0: I have to
4: powerful. To do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: love that. And, yeah. and a lot of times we project on one another. And the thing that we're pointing out about our spouse is really something God's okay. trying to work inside of us. Mm-hmm. And it's irritating us because subconsciously there's something we need to fix. All right. And you, we can't. We're not in control of this other person's growth. Nope. We we can help it along. We can create an environment in our home, you know, with one another talking through, egging each edging each other on towards running the race that God has put before us. But at the end of the day, she's got to do the work, and I've got to do the work. Mm-hmm. And the yep. the more we let go of those reins the more we actually end up growing in the process. You know? I think that's
1: one of the most frustrating things for most of the couples is that realization and the release to God of your spouse. Like, I'm not in control of what this my spouse does. I'm only in control of myself. And whenever we start looking at ourselves, it does not excuse the behavior of your spouse. But I think whenever you yield yourself to God, God is going to give you strategies how to be loving, kind to your spouse, even when they're hateful. And that's why it says in the Bible, you know, his loving kindness leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. And it's that heart of serving that opens that heart. Like you said, Jason, being so patient with Alicia, like I know and I see those walls, but I'm not going to like, oh, you got walls, you know, let me help you. Bring them down, you know, because, you know, that's going to get you in trouble.
0: And let's be honest, men, we're fixers by nature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like we're, we're if, especially if she's coming home and giving her problems at work, we try to fix it all. And then sometimes she just wants us to be present and there. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, as far as communicating with one another. Did you ever struggle communicating or how how did you figure
2: that yeah. out? Yes. <laughs> I got this. I got this. I got okay. this. <laughs> there was a period early in our relationship to where we could not talk to each other.
1: Mm-mm. Wow. We would
2: have to text each other. So we wow. wouldn't cut each other off or interrupt each other. We would have we've
0: to- done that. <laughs> yeah.
2: That way That's I could get everything team. out. There were times when we probably text stuff and we had to backtrack and delete some stuff because it was mm-hmm. gonna probably make matters worse. <laughs> Yeah, but I think the beautiful thing about that is, it gives you time to really calculate what you're about mm-hmm. to say, yeah. because sometimes we could say something and you can't pull it back once it's said. Yeah. So it gave us the opportunity to say, okay, do I really need to say this? Let me think about that. Okay, that's wrong, and it also gave us evidence of, hey, you said this here, so we <laughs> had we had something to Spinshot. say. Hey, the receipt. Right. What did you mean by <laughs> this? Or th- and it helped us to understand each other more because it wasn't caught in the moment. Or the heat of the moment to where i said something and we're trying to out talk each other and win the argument so we could go to bed mad with each other
3: yeah and i think what um and growing what helped me is like sometimes he said things and it hurt i had to check the pain i was like is this pain gonna have purpose or is this pain to poison and i knew he was never trying to poison me I know if he was saying something to me that would help me, you know, it was always to help me. I don't think we've ever been to the point where we're mad enough at each other to where we want to start hurting each other's feelings. And at that point, I'm like, see, Kelp, you don't need to talk to each other. You know, that's what we've told couples. You don't need to say anything else to each other. If the conversation, if your whole purpose is to harm them, or hurt them in any way that's then you so don't true. need to say anything else and you need to seek help because you there's sometimes things can be said that you can't come back from mm. Some you can't let go you know and yes we're supposed to forgive but forgetting is a whole lot you know harder to do than just like saying okay i forgive you for what you said but if that's still going to just be bouncing around in their head it's going to be hard to move forward from that so i always knew that if he did say something and it hurt i would check that pain and know that it was for purpose and you know i would take it in i think about it i'd be mad but i knew if he was saying it it was something that i needed to look at you know look at differently but yeah it's just i don't think we've ever been to that point to where it was it was more about just arguing to the point that we didn't care what came out of our mouths and we've had to witness that with other couples and i think that has been something and it's crazy. It's almost like when you, when we've been ministering and helping other couples, it almost makes you be like, you know what? We're not. We really don't have. On. <laughs> it's just, it just, it's like, gosh, like the things that you think are just, like, oh, uh, you know, gets on your nerves, and you, and you, and then you see other people going through like some real life stuff. It's just like, okay, God, well, thank you. That yeah. that's not my testimony. I don't have to deal with that. But thank yeah. you for giving me the wisdom and, you know, and the way to be able to overcome, to be able to help them to get past these things. But it's just like um I think a, like I, I think I posted it the other day like, you know, a healed heart isn't easily offended and it isn't easily broken, and I think a lot of the times is What breaks relationships and what breaks marriages is because there's not really full healing there. Mm. Go and touch on something and you go, you know, your spouse says something to you that your heart is not ready to receive. You are immediately going to take it as an attack. And if you're feeling attacked by the person that you're supposed to feel the safest with, then you're automatically going to throw up your walls and you don't want to be there anymore.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I was gonna share something. I wanted to circle back because you asked the question of what would, what advice would we give somebody who's either single or engaged? Mm. And I want to share something that helped me out a whole lot. Because I did not want to go into this relationship with extra baggage. Mm. I knew I was coming in with baggage, but I wanted to make sure I didn't have any extra baggage. Right? So when I knew I was going to get serious in this relationship. I went to God. And i repented for anybody that I've hurt. Mm. Anybody that I've done wrong. Anybody that I felt that I could have done better. But then I also asked God to help me forgive anybody that's hurt me, including my mom, my dad, previous relationships. I wanted to make sure I came into this this relationship with a clean slate. So I gave everything to God before I got serious in this relationship. And I believe that helped me heal and be honest with myself to say, hey, you know, I wasn't perfect. I didn't do everything right. But. I'm freeing all of them and I want to move forward free. Mm -hmm. That would be my advice. Make sure you don't come into your relationship or go to the next level of your relationship with baggage, people, situations, circumstances that don't need to go forward with you. Mm
4: -hmm. I think
0: those are good signs of maturity because a lot of times we're making our spouse suffer because of the pain that somebody else inflicted upon us.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. how those the relationship taxes?
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I've never you're heard paying, of it yeah, like you're
3: that. You're tax off of somebody else's damage. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And to be able to heal. And when we talk about intimacy, what we've discovered is it's a pursuit of information. Number one, how much do you know about this person? And not just on a surface level, but do you understand their experience, their past, their history, their pain, and can relate to it. Because when you become intimate with someone, it's like giving them weapons and ammunition that mm-hmm. either they will use to fight for you or they'll yeah. use to yeah. fight against you.
3: That's yeah. right. And if
0: you're immature, you're going to use that same information that they shared with you and attack them you know mm-hmm. call them names mm-hmm. you know refer to them uh, derogatory statements all of that you got we've got to mature and, and say to ourselves i've got to bridle my tongue there's life and death right. in the power of our tongue yep. and if it takes a strategy like you guys texting one another like we've done some of the couples we've said maybe you need to journal some of your thoughts
4: mm-hmm. you
0: need to start and i think it's okay to accept and admit that these are the thoughts that are running through my head, but to then reorder them and bring them to truth is what's important. Mm-hmm. So you can write down that in a journal and then write underneath it, you need to reword it and reframe it in light of the truth of God's right. word.
4: Mm-hmm. Even
0: if that person is everything that's written in that first sentence. But what you're believing God for is to bring out the potential in them, which is Mm -hmm. in that second sentence, and then turn that into a prayer and then go back to them and talk about this issue from a new context
4: Yes, that you've
0: rewired your brain to see them in a different light. You're not adding anything from past experiences, past relationship hurts, all of that. You're also not holding them captive to the sins of yesterday, as hurtful and harmful as they were. Mm-hmm. But you're giving them the opportunity to change and grow in as much as you would want them to give you that that opportunity as well, you know? Yeah.
4: Yes, that's, that's good. good. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: honey, you want to jump in? Anything you want to add?
1: No, I feel like it's, I always, you know, walk away from... Also, like you guys said, talking with couples and like, thank God I'm not dealing with this. And it's very humbling. And I also say to myself, I honestly don't know how people do it without God. Because whenever we allow, when we rely on ourselves, we realize that we're prideful, that we are not yielded. We are selfish. We have ulterior motives when we come to the table. And it's only when we're submitted to God, that God checks our heart, that the Holy Spirit says, you yep. need to check your attitude. You yes. need to address those thoughts because it's not your spouse. And quite frankly, your spouse is not responsible for your happiness. And that's it's hard right. for a lot of people to understand and register. And so like my question to y'all would be like, do you feel like your faith in God contributed to the overall health of your marriage and where you guys are standing today?
2: Most yes. definitely. It- I mean, we would not be here at all. We would not be here. Mm-hmm. We would probably, we probably wouldn't have made it the first year.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: Because a
3: lot happened in that first year yeah. like that. Wow. I mean, and, and in let, the first let, month. Yeah. Let's just be <laughs> yeah. honest. Okay. It's, yeah.
2: Anything that is going to represent God in the right way, the enemy is going to come mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's going to make suggestions, give you ideas, play back things that were done in your past. All of that ammunition is going to come back at you. So if you do not have a relationship with God, if you do not understand the voice or believe the voice of the Holy Spirit, you will really struggle in a relationship.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And you both have to have it. And I think that's what's always given me peace in our relationship when we've had tough times. Because I'm like, I know she has a relationship with God. And I know the Holy Spirit will convict her. When okay. it's time, but if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit and our, our consistency with seeking the Word, fellowshipping with healthy healthy couples, and 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 having just having a healthy atmosphere everywhere we go, I mean that's the only reason why we we can make it and enjoy this marriage. There are marriages that are just going, you know, just going, you know, through, the going through the motions every day, and, and they're not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. But to be a,
0: sometimes that's worse yeah right <laughs> at it least was, when you're in the middle of a crisis you can fix it
2: yeah right so for right. us to be together what married 14 and a half years but together basically 18 years and to still enjoy seeing each other being around each other we can still grow we can still learn about each other that's all God
3: mm-hmm. yeah. yes and, and it I think it really helped by um and I think that, that was another thing that brought out love God love people we loved God We love fellowship. We love being with friends and all of these things. And it was just like being in clean, safe environments. And that was one of the things that while we did love God, love people, because it wasn't, you know, being like super spiritual. We only can go to church. We only can listen to worship. music. You know, it was just it wasn't like that. We love having fun as well. So I think with us, we didn't um, we kept God in everything that we did. You know, but we still had fun. We still, you know, we, we made sure that the joy of the Lord, you know, yeah. was was part of the strength of our marriage as well. So it was um, I, there's just no way we would have made it. There are times when it was literally leaning on the Lord to make it through, you know, this marriage. So it was just like, I, like you said, I don't understand how people can do it without it. And I, and I see that's why marriage, you know, marriage is a failing no matter how many years they've been together and all that, once you stop allowing the voice of the Holy Spirit to convict you in your ways, and yeah. you're just allowing the spirit of you to be your guide, then you know that divorce is divorce is inevitable. I mean, it's just it's just gonna happen. You're just you're literally mm-hmm. leading yourself in that direction where the path you may think is going straight is actually, you know, is altered even though you feel like you're going forward, forward doesn't always mean progress It's always, it could be forward into divorce. And that's, you know, Mm. where people allow themselves to go because you're not, you're not being yielded by the Holy spirit. You know, there's no way you can think that you can have this little conversation here and there with somebody and it's in it and it remains innocent. You can't open those doors. You know, you have to be mindful and watchful at every turn, Because if you have a good marriage, if you have, you know, this type of love for your spouse, if you have something great, like he said, the enemy is coming forward and Mm -hmm. you have to be on your guard and you can't be fighting with old word. You know, you can't be fighting with some some message that your mom gave you. You got to have these things for yourself. You have to be, you know, fighting daily by being in that word daily. You have to have that be able to be in tune, you know, with that frequency has to be there. You know with the holy spirit because if not you're just yeah. you're, you're on your own and you're making decisions based off what you think and you are yeah. there's no conviction and so it's just like there's just no way i could have yeah possibly done it even from the blended standpoint from just being a wife just like i said coming from that independent i don't need anybody i can do everything myself You know, if I would have carried that on, that's not of God, (laughs) you know, being that way. It is if I was a single woman out here trying to take care of myself. But now that I'm in a relationship, you know, I'm in a marriage where it's going to take the oneness is going to take both of us doing it. There's just no way I could continue to think that that way was the right way. So, yeah, God has had to check me (laughs) in so many ways. So I just I'm, I'm yes, there would be no us if we didn't have that relationship.
0: It's, it's the Holy Spirit who will call you, pull the rug up underneath from yeah. you, and right when something's about to come out of your mouth, you just reverse just, it back, you yeah. know. <laughs> uh, and it's the Holy Spirit that the Bible describes as a counselor and mm-hmm. a guide. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling lost in your marriage right now, and, and you're you're looking for a way back to a relationship that is healthy and thriving, why don't you try God surrender to God? Maybe you're watching this right now and you grew up in church or you've ran from God. You know that there's some, there's gotta be more to life. There's gotta be more to this marriage. Let me tell you there is. And I want to let you know that God wants your marriage to be more. Marriage was designed to be a tabernacle for the glory of God. It's the closest thing that we're going to get to an illustrated sermon of the gospel that we're ever going to get apart from Jesus Christ in flesh and blood, the institution of a marriage between a husband and a wife, that is God's sermon to the world because yeah. we, as the body of Christ, we're his bride and Jesus is our groom. And we're headed towards a day as the book of revelation calls for there's going to be a marriage supper of the lamb where we're going to consummate this marriage and become one with Christ. Your marriage is more than just about being happy. Mm -hmm. Yes, marriage has moments where you're gonna experience, you know, laughter and all of that. But at the end of the day, your pursuit of being happy is gonna lead to nowhere. God wants your marriage to be made for more.
4: Your marriage was
0: designed not just to make you happy, but to make you holy, Mm -hmm. to refine your character, and to pull you into your purpose. And I want you to text us, I'm gonna put this on the screen. If you wanna give your heart to the Lord, All you have to do is say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross and rose from the dead. And that's all it takes. Invite him in to your life and have a personal relationship with him. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit and give you the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, all of the, the resources you need to have a successful marriage. If you've accepted Christ, text that number. Let us know. And we'll help disciple you. We'll give you some resources to help strengthen you as an individual. And that in turn is going to strengthen your marriage. Um, I think that this was a fantastic place for us to come to in this conversation. But I want to leave it with you guys for the final words in this conversation. Any last things you guys want to share? Nuggets of wisdom? Anything?
2: Um, Well, I'll I'll say something Um, to anybody that is in your you're in a marriage or you're in a relationship and you are struggling, angry, frustrated, and contemplating throwing away everything. I would say, as Ryan just said, spend some time with God, get in your closet, cry. There's nothing wrong with crying, shout, tell it all to God, get it all out and let him respond. A lot of times we go to God and we say what we want to say. We get all our feelings out, but we don't sit around or stick around for the response. Mm -hmm. Hear what God has to say about everything that you're going through. And I promise you, there have been times I've gone in the closet, cried, and I came out and things were different in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Go to God and give God a chance to turn things around. But he's also going to check us. We do not go to God and blame everybody else without God saying, okay, now let's talk about you a little bit here too.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: We have to be honest with ourselves and we have to let the pride down. Pride will, men have pride, women have pride. Pride mm-hmm. comes before the fall. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whose pride it is. Yes. So let's be honest about our pride, our selfishness, our insecurities, our immaturities, and just sometimes just a fear and doubt that it's even worth fighting for. But God will reveal all of that. But we have to commit to God first, because yeah, yeah. if we don't, we make our spouse our God, and that doesn't work out.
0: Mm, say that, man. Mm-hmm. That savior's yeah. syndrome—we're waiting around on them to save us, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: and that's and that—that's pretty much what I would have to say is. Um, Starting your healing journey. If you know there is baggage that you have brought to the relationship, if you know there are past hurts that you are carrying and you are trying to make your spouse the savior, then that's the first place I would definitely say that you need to start your healing journey. It's okay to fall apart if you're falling into God because he's the best person to put you back together the right way. So I would definitely say start that healing journey and letting, you know, taking the baggage away from your spouse. They're not your bellboy. You know, they're not there to carry your bags and and to help you along the journey to where they're having to carry the heavy load. They're there to be there to counsel you, to love you and walk with you through it. But they're definitely not there and they're not responsible for the baggage that you brought to the relationship. So I would say definitely be honest with yourself, go to God, have those times of, you know, for a forgiveness journey just go on a forgiveness journey you know that letting go of all the things that have been done to you by so many people can free you up to be fully loved by your spouse and the thing is Mm -hmm. they probably are loving you the way that you need and the way you deserve but all that those jagged edges are not allowing it to penetrate so i would say go on a forgiveness journey even if you have to forgive yourself
2: you want to tell them the, uh, the the airport analogy Since you're talking about journey getting on the flight tsa you do it (laughs) okay and and i would just add this last thing that a lot of times when we're in marriage and relationships we feel stuck Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and as we said earlier we have to go to god on it because we use the the airport analogy imagine paying for your dream vacation packing all your bags you get to the airport And put your bags in, give them your ticket, show them your ticket and everything. And you get to TSA and they say, hey, you can't get on this board, on this plane. Because you have something in you that's dangerous in your luggage. Mm. A lot of times we're trying to go forward, but God won't allow us to go forward because there's some healing that needs to happen. And God is not going to say, I'm going to give it, I'm going to let you slide because you prayed a lot.
4: Mm -mm. no
2: you have to deal with that issue (laughs) yeah whether it's a mommy issue whether it's a daddy issue whether it's something your spouse did early in the relationship or just the previous day in order for us to proceed forward we have to make sure we have nothing in us that will endanger our marriage our family our legacy or the people that god will use us to minister to Mm -hmm. as we proceed forward yeah We have to like TSA. They will not let you on no matter if it's if it's against the regulations. They will not. they don't care how much you pay for your ticket.
3: Yeah. I mean, just (laughs) as an example of what happened to us uh, um, on, I think it was a vacation before this. We were in Cabo and Jason, I had bought him this um, Father's Day present and it was like a little bullet and you put anointing oil in it but uh, but the the bullet had the Lord's prayer wrapped around it. Like, Mm. you know, it was, you know, and so he wears it all the time, like in the shower, but he doesn't take it off. So he's not thinking about it. So when we go through, you know, the security, um, they're just like they look at it and and it, you know we're in Mexico so it turned into a, a an issue <laughs> like, trying to tell them you know he's said letting them know like no this is anointing oil like look on it it has the lord's prayer and it's like it could be wrapped in all the good things it can be you know but if it's not meant to go mm-hmm. you know if it doesn't align with the purpose of your destination you have to you have to release yeah. it you have to remove it
2: and the other mm. thing about that was I was able to go there with it Mm -hmm. but they wouldn't let me come back right things that work in one season but they don't work in the next next season Mm. and sometimes we have to adapt to the new season that we're in to make sure that we continue to press forward
1: right Mm. and sometimes i think that we can feel like that it's a no from god versus Mm -hmm. seeing that on the other side is a promised Mm -hmm. land is a great experience but we're so we're so like holding tight to whatever it is that we're holding dear to. Maybe if it's trauma or past hurt, we just don't want to address it. We would rather suppress it. And we feel like God is trying to keep us from doing something that we want to do. But he's actually helping us to move along this journey of healing so that we can experience the promised land and experience something great beyond the marriage. So powerful. It's a great analogy. We're
0: enslaved by what we refuse to let go of.
4: Yes. Yes,
1: You
0: know, and you could name the category people who hold on to the little bit of money they have and don't have an investments mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, you're enslaved by whatever you got in your hands mm-hmm. or whether it be or a forgiveness for a, a past offense or mm-hmm. you're going to be enslaved by it. You got to let it go because it's it's not appropriate for where God has taken you. Yeah. It might have even served you. Like you said, might have been good for you in that season, in that
4: season.
0: Yep. when you were living at your mom and dad's house. When you were a single woman, independent, okay. Mm -hmm. But that mentality is not going to work now that you're a husband or a wife. Man, let me tell you guys, we are loaded up with (laughs) relationship jewelry tonight. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a very needed conversation. And Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insight. And we got to do this again. And we got to do it in person. We need to reconnect on a personal level we got to go to dinner or something because it's been way too long I want to know what's going on in your life and um and you know we're gonna we're having these marriage events Uh, I know y'all are gonna be out of town but for those who are watching we want you to attend the forevermore marriage getaway and you're gonna get live and in person teaching workbooks q a panels and it's going to be romantic. Go to forevermoregetaway.com and find out how you can join us September 1st and 2nd. And guess what? I'm I'm going to find some way at the next event to get these guys to come and share some with, wisdom with you guys as well. We're going to it, we're gonna have to make it we're sure. going to have to make it happen in Jesus name. <laughs>
4: okay,
3: <laughs> God, God willing,
0: God willing.
4: Yes. No
0: pressure. But thank you guys so much for joining us on thank Needed you Conversations. For having us.
3: Thank you for having us. It was I loved it. Thank y'all for sharing your wisdom as well. We definitely, you know, enjoyed every minute of this.
2: Extremely, extremely proud of y'all. Yes.
3: I yes. appreciate
0: it. Hey, you're, you're a seed and this is part of that harvest.
1: The, par- the yes. harvest, yes.
4: yes. Good yeah. yeah. So all of all of, of people. <laughs> I want yes. you to
0: remember this. I know you're counseling and cu- helping couples along the way. But now in heaven, it's attributed to your account as well. All of the couples that we're helping. And mm. so even though you won't be with us, all of those 100 couples that are going to show up September 1st and 2nd mm. is a product of the seed that you planted to say, yes, I'm going to do this event. I'm going to create a space where people can find real love.
3: Awesome. Wow. wow thank
2: you, Lord. You want to hear a <laughs> story? Sure. The day we did that event right before on our way there i almost got into a car accident mm. i was riding with a guy and he ran the stop sign wow fortunately there were no cars coming in any in either direction that lets you know that the enemy will try to stop what god has planned <laughs> yes he will yeah so i just wanted to share that no matter what you're going through, the enemy's going to try, but God got you.
3: That's right. Yeah, That's so great. God got you He's as long, long as you're in the line, Any plan that the enemy has,
2: so, so, wow. so glad Y'all, thankful for y'all. Keep doing what you're doing, and we will connect real soon. Whether it's for yes. dinner, whether it's for a conference, whatever mm-hmm. you need us, we will make it happen.
0: Absolutely. Well, again, before we guys let you go, we want you to join us the forevermore marriage getaway. I'm going to put that information on the screen right now, forevermoregetaway.com September 1st and 2nd Friday night. We're going to have a worship team. We're going to do ministry deliverance, healing the prophetic, and then Saturday all day workshops. Then we have a little gap in the afternoon for you to enjoy the property. You can go on a walk, sit by the pool Then you can get dressed for our formal dinner that night where you're going to renew your vows with one another, have a little slow dance, a good meal, and connect with other couples. It's going to be a truly remarkable weekend. Forevermoregetaway.com. Any final words tonight, honey?
1: No, this was a great snippet of something that you would get. And I'm sure you're going to get a lot more wisdom like this at the conference. So you don't want to miss out because I think that this is for everyone Wherever you are in your marriage, uh, this is great wisdom and this is just a great place for you to connect with other couples that are like-minded, that love Christ, that will continue to support you and push you on this journey.
0: All right. We'll see you guys next time. God bless.
1: God bless.